Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres and you're listening to the show before the show. This week uh, we wanted to share with you the panel that we did for RTX uh, and Rooster Teeth called Cults, Crashes, and Conspiracies. We're joined by Black Box Down, uh, which is hosted by Gustavo Sorolla and Chris Damaris. We have Red Web, which is hosted by Trevor Collins and Alfredo Diaz. And we have Illuminati, which is hosted by Blair. Uh, it's a really fun panel we talk a bunch of true crime topics what it's like to run a show uh, there's a lot of really good jokes in here i had an absolute blast so we wanted to share this with you uh, so that you could enjoy it too hope you have a fantastic week and we will be back with normal cult podcast episodes next week thank you so much go check out all the other great shows by the way on rooster teeth you can download the app get it on your xbox your amazon fire stick your roku television your mobile device all those good things or you can go to roosterteeth.com uh this panel is also hosted there as a video so if you want to watch our stupid dumb faces while we talk about all these terrible things you can do that as well uh so without any further ado let's get into the show the cults crashes and conspiracies true crime podcast panel uh for rtx at home 2021 i am armando torres and i am joined by a whole litany of other true crime podcasting guests uh from my podcast cult podcast we have Paige wesley hello uh from black box down we have gustavo sorola and chris damaris hello happy to be here much, I'm much happier than Chris is. Yeah, Chris looks like a stone-faced man. Uh, from Red Web, we have Trevor Collins and uh, Alfredo Diaz. I'm sorry, I'm still looking at Chris. <laughs> what, 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 why are you laughing Wait, at Alfredo? On. Let this man know. be. <laughs> How'd you fizzle out there? Alfredo's so funny. <laughs> I just Every time I hear his name, I'm like, whoa. It's ridiculous. Your reputation precedes you, Fredo. I was happy to be here. <laughs> and then we also have Illuminati, a.k.a. Blair Zahn. <clears throat> oh, man. So great to see you all here. I, uh, I'm very <laughs> I'm a big fan of all of all of the shows that we make. I, I, I think before we start the the panel in earnest, I kind of want to give a rundown. Uh, Black Box Down is a true crime podcast, but in the sky uh, yeah. does a covers a lot of uh, plane crashes. Yeah, and uh, the process, things that lead up to the incidents. And, you know, often also we talk about, I think Chris has brought this up before, we talk about, like, do people get charged for crimes for some of these things? You know, uh, and like how the airline industry evolves. Evolve. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Does it, well, I'll get into it later, but I have, <laughs> after listening to your show, I have wanted to fly significantly less. Uh, no, no, that's not the goal. <laughs> no, it's too late. About it. I got the one-two punch there. of COVID and Black Box Down that was like, never get on a plane again. <laughs> uh, we have Red Web, uh, which covers sort of like the internet's most mysterious mysteries is i believe your official tagline right yeah the official tagline tattooed on alfredo's back yeah um, it hurt it no <laughs> it didn't hurt don't don't believe him we did uh, it at home with a pen and a, and a needle yeah. um 
Oh, but yeah, no, we, we talk, we do uh, unsolved mysteries. Uh, a lot of the internet ones are really cool, but we just started branching out into like true crime and some cryptids and stuff like that. Awesome. And then we have Illuminati. Illuminati, uh, you, you cover a, a whole lot of stuff. Uh, one of the things that I found that people really like it when you do is a lot of multi-level marketing stuff, correct? Oh, oh do we lose, lose her audio? I might not be hearing her in our little Discord chat. We were hearing her just fine a little while ago. It's a it's a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, this is it. It was Scientology. They set her up. Herbalife came in. It was like none of this. We can't have her besmirching our name anymore. Uh, looks like that we're, we're getting that kind of, kind of fixed there. I'll give it just a little second, but, uh, yeah, really. Here? Oh, there we go. Uh -huh. <laughs> Yay. Okay, something's here. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Sorry. No, no worries. Uh, it looks like, I just want to make sure we're hearing her through the panel. Correct. Charles, if you could give me a sign. Yes. Okay. We are good. Sorry. Just wanted to make sure everything was, was, uh, hunky dory, which is for some reason the term that I wanted to use. Uh, so Illuminati covers, uh, various different things, including one thing that I've seen a lot is uh, multi-level marketing schemes, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think everyone likes, um, we, we all look at really tragic events and things that happen. And, um, I think my angle is I definitely take a look at, uh, like the business perspective of things of how do these cults, how do these accidents affect general industries and things like that. Wow. That's awesome. So would you, do you have like a segment on your show where you give like stock advice? Like, Hey everybody, uh, this no, plane the last thing I want to be involved with is like a shit coin or something like that. So <laughs> I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's super awesome. Yeah, we all, uh, one thing that we all have in common, we all cover different types of uh, true crime uh, and still somehow find a way to make it interesting, um, which is, you know, it's the nature of the beast. It's what we do. How do you, how do you guys feel uh, that you, how do you feel that you take your information and make it interesting instead of being uh, sort of just a weekly dose of depression and sadness? <laughs> uh black especially with black box down like i said which is a show that i have listened to on a plane and, yeah. <laughs> and have actively listened to in the air that's yeah. the black box down challenge yeah <laughs> you got to get the pilot to listen tell Whoa. them to play it on the on the in the intercom the speakers <laughs> you yeah. guys need to sell like a, a challenge shirt so in with stickers you apply a sticker every time you listen to the podcast <laughs> in the air or on the plane little plastic wings Yes. If you've listened Ooh. to it in the air. Like the ones they give kids on planes. That, that yeah. are like cracked. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Actually, yes. <laughs> so uh, but I mean, this was something that we we thought about a lot before we started the podcast. We've only been going for a little over a year at this point. I think like 15 months or so. But, you know, obviously these are terrible incidents. Uh, typically the things we talk about, you know, a couple hundred people die. It's like... You have to balance, you know, between the seriousness of the gravity of the situation you're talking about, but you also still have to try to interject humor and try to make it still uh, engaging for the people who are listening. And I think it's something that we're always, it's like a, a careful balance we're always trying to walk uh, and figure out. But I think ultimately it's just all about 
uh, and I think this this might hold true for all of you. It's just about like passion about the thing that you're talking about, and you know, really having that desire to tell other people about it that uh, that keeps it engaging. So what you're saying is is that you have a passion to talk about planes falling <laughs> out of the fucking sky. <laughs> well, that I, I, is... I, with me, I'm really personally yeah. like outside of the podcast, I'm very process oriented, right? Like uh -huh. I like having lists and checklists and things you know to do like if i'm gonna if i have to leave my house like you know i'm gonna have a list like this is all the shit i'm gonna do in the order i'm gonna do it so aviation kind of plays into that because there's so many checklists and so much like process for the way things are supposed to be done that i'm a huge nerd for that back when i used to run uh rtx with uh barbara who's not in this panel uh like she would handle all the front of uh house issues and i would handle all the logistics on the back end so like that's just the kind of thing that i love and the aviation industry is full of that well, you heard it here first, folks. Gus has a list. And he's very passionate about it. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you kind of got uh kind of got corralled into this, right? It was uh, a show well, that I Gus told me the idea and I was like, that's a a perfect idea for me. I love that idea. I was like, I would love to be a part of it. Cause I like and as someone who had previously not particularly researched plane crashes i i was like to me it's just like well i like listening to uh like well gus is a good talker uh, yeah and, <laughs> and so he's an easy person to listen to and i find all the material super engaging so I, to me it's just uh it's it's fun and i and fun again we're talking about tragic events but like it is entertain it is like engaging to hear these stories and like to figure out like what went wrong and how how things are going to get better um, and I think Gus does is a really good our producer Dennis and Gus do a really good job of emphasizing th like here's how things are getting better every time and here's why you don't need to be worried about this now because of this incident yeah that's also just by the way you, we usually call somebody who doesn't research plane accidents normal just FYI <laughs> <laughs> uh, Red Web you guys cover uh, at least when I when I was listening before I haven't I haven't <laughs> The pandemic has kind of nerfed my podcast listening abilities yeah, with right. the lack of travel. We, you've yeah. fallen off. I've fallen off. But I, I, I remember because I, I, I found out about you guys through the last panel that we did and then just started listening a lot because I'm a big fan of these like weird internet mysteries that happen. And, and we had some conversations on the panel where I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to listen to that like episode of that series or, you know, uh, but how do you how do you guys take what you guys do and make it entertaining, which is, you know, not this isn't a slight at all. It's very easy to do because what you guys are talking about is very entertaining most of the time. I think um, coming from like my POV going in completely blind. So uh, Eric, I brings back a memory of like an episode where Trevor were just talking about like, you know, these are the, the, the key lime pie mystery. And I just kept thinking to myself, you're messing with me. There's no like key lime pie <laughs> mystery or, or what, like, what do you do? Like, is this the like inevitable troll episode? And I had no idea. So for me, it's just going in blind and, and half the time Trevor will tell me something and I was like, ah, get out of here. That's not real. That's not a thing. And it, <laughs> it is most of the time. And, and it just throws me off. Um, or when we talk about cryptids and he tells me, you know, we get to the, um, the theories. And one of the theories is just like, oh, there's a whole, a whole group of like Bigfoot. And I'm like, no, there's no group of Bigfoot running around butt ass naked in Big the woods. Feet. <laughs> <laughs> Big like, feet. 
yeah. yeah. There are, and it's my family's camping trip. I, <laughs> I ask for your respect. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much that. Like, Fredo comes in with the more, like, he's he's definitely doesn't know 99% of what we're going to talk about. I might give him some hints as to where we're going so he can kind of, like, get his mind right. But, like, he'll have the gut checks, the instincts, the questions. And then a lot of the time, very similar format, I guess, to Black Box Down, we'll, we'll like, improv off of the moment, um, much like Chris is reacting to Gus telling the story. So, like, I'm very interested in all the weird, like, corners of the internet and the world. There's a lot of, like oddities out there right um of mm -hmm. course some things can be darker and i think uh you know we we try to make sure that to position those properly but it's it's definitely just so intriguing and fascinating and when we do true crime we don't really do recent true crime because there's something extra morbid about you know uh, a missing person's case or a death in the backyard like yesterday but um but yeah, otherwise, like we do a lot of improving as well. We'll take a lot of like, if there's something that we find absolutely ridiculous and, and just by the nature of all of our podcasts, there's something ridiculous in all of them. Uh, you just like latch onto that. You have a, <clears throat> if you're like so incredulous as to what's coming forth as a theory or a piece of evidence or how the police handled something, it's just fun to kind of spiral off of that and make it even more insane uh, and just have fun with that before winding it back and getting back on track. So that way you can kind of juggle a little bit of entertainment with a little bit of like, Ooh, you know <laughs> but i think it's also good that you don't handle things that are too recent because like i'll watch other tv shows like true crime tv shows like produced in the 80s and 90s and i'll be watching i'll be like that doesn't seem right and then like i'll do a follow-up like it's been 20 years since this episode aired and be like oh yeah everything that they said was was incorrect you know this case was overturned uh the science was junk and bad so it's like it's good to have that time perspective on it so you can really look back and like give a definitive answer about stuff instead of getting caught up in shit that's going to get overturned anyway exactly yeah, that's yeah. a great point absolutely uh illuminati you on your show like like we mentioned earlier you cover a lot of like the business impacts that things have um which if you just said that as a sentence like i'd cover how business gets affected by different cults and stuff uh <laughs> I, I might be like, okay, well, that sounds like something I would read in the business journal. But it, you do it in a very, very entertaining way. How do you, how do you feel like you take this information and, uh, and well, like, what would be your process for making that something that you that that people really love listening to and watching? Well, I mean, I think um, when it it comes to discuss really difficult topics, as all of us do, we talk about really, really um, sometimes disturbing stuff. And there's times we all have to step away afterwards and like, what you know, what did we just look at? What did we just talk um, about? And I think it's something that's important. And the perspective that I'm taking on it is this is important to share because in ignorance, we're not going to learn anything and how to grow and develop ourselves. And a lot of stuff in history is cyclical and it does repeat because we don't really learn from our past, so to speak. Um, so by understanding better like what our world does, what people are capable of, and accidents that can happen, it, I think, better prepares you, and that's the perspective I take. I wouldn't necessarily say it's entertaining, because I think a lot of this content is, is very depressing. It's very difficult to go through when you're reading multiple court documents and cases. Um, it can really weigh on you at the end of the day, and I definitely have um, multiple days, as I'm sure many of you guys have, that it's tough to walk away and just be like, okay, that was it. You, it sticks with you. And I think those are the growing pains that really, um, at least for fans that watch the show and everything, that I think that's what sticks is that there is some kind of inkling 
that there's something more to understand than it was just an entertainment value, that these are, you know, real issues and real things that happen. And it's something that you should be aware of and should be able to try and learn and take something away from it. So it maybe doesn't happen to you. I mean, airplane crash, I mean, that's kind of out of control for you, but you (laughs) can't really control that one, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, unless you're a pilot listening to the show, in which case we thank you. I hope they don't learn anything from my show, from our show. Oh, no. We don't have any, I don't, none of us are trained pilots. We have no experience in that. No, no real, real world application. We're just enthusiasts reading about it. There are a few real world applications. I was, uh, when I was in Texas talking with Blaine, uh, Blaine told me that he was getting on a plane and you asked him which, uh, like oh. which plane he was getting on and which provider he was with. And you just like told them like, oh man, you know, if it had been me, I would have <laughs> never done that. Anyway, yeah, have a good I, flight. I, I never, I never would have flown what he flew. Uh, but also we actually had one episode where, uh, we talked about someone who survived a plane crash. And the reason he did was he knew the plane was crashing so he like surrounded himself with blankets and like put his leather jacket over the top. That way, if there was a fire, he wouldn't get burned. Uh, and, like he built himself a pillow fort and he survived the crash and there was a fire and his leather jacket kept him from getting burned. And then he was able to run out of, uh, of the plane and, and survived. So there are some applications if you're if you're going to be in a plane crash. Listen to our podcast, baby. How do you get so many? How do you get? How do you get so many blankets? Is this man running around like we're going to oh, crash? Yeah. Give me your blankets. Yeah. Running them yeah. off of me <laughs> off exactly. down the alley. The little they started going all they the overhead out. bins, pulling them all out. Sorry, what was Jesus, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all the little overhead bin blankets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also we also talked about because uh, this is a thing that's come up a lot. Is if you're if there's a plane crash, don't get your luggage. Oh, don't, yeah. Oh, no, no, leave, leave it. But my lucky leave socks, Chris. Yeah. yeah. You don't understand. They didn't help you that day. I mean, no. you're teaching me stuff, Gus. I just learned this. The way you survive a plane crash is the same way you sur- survive a monster under your bed. You just cover <laughs> yourself with the blanket and hope for the best. Don't forget the yep. leather jacket. You got to be yeah. cool for that monster. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Monsters yeah. never attack cool people. Yeah, uh, it's, it's in the rules. Uh, Paige, Paige and I host a, a show uh, called Cult Podcast. And wouldn't you believe it? We cover a lot of cults. Um, and it, it, similar to, to, to Blair's point when, when, we were ta- when she was talking about, uh, you know, learning from the experiences that you're covering, that is something that that I didn't think that I would learn too is that uh one common misconception is that cultists are these crazy people that just sort of like follow a, a deranged leader but so many different people are susceptible to the cult like mentality like you you can just fall into it and all of us to some extent have that same mentality and a lot of the people that join cults oftentimes are uh people who need a lot of help and are uh, emotionally there's something going on you know it's not just like uh it's not just like a a thing where they just somebody said the right sentence or words in a sequence and suddenly they're following it um and page page is sort of like the mastermind behind the whole show coming up with the the concept doing stuff like that when you were sort of constructing the show uh how did you and and especially when you were first doing episodes how did you sort of uh turn these terrible stories because I remember some of the early episodes being some of the most, you know, upsetting stories to talk about and still just very entertaining episodes. How how were you able to to do that? I think one of the biggest things is is being very clear about where your focus is when you're making jokes about very very depressing things. 
Um, it's a lot of fun to make fun of the leader, not the followers, if that makes sense. Oh, because yeah. they are victims, and you really have to kind of be sensitive to the fact that these are people who were manipulated, are hurting oftentimes, and in some cases die because of their associations with these people. But I also think that in sometimes making fun of the leader, this person that seems like this big bad, this villain, humanizes them to a point where you can kind of, I don't know, I feel like it makes it easier to understand A, why people follow them, but also B, to kind of take the wind out of their sails a little bit. What they want is power. They want people to follow them. They want people to love them. And pointing out how sometimes they make mistakes, they do stupid stuff, they are not any smarter than any one of us, I think sometimes <laughs> really cuts them down a bit. And for me, that's helpful, knowing that, like, you know, a cult leader isn't some magic big bad. They're a person who did something dumb. Um, and that, for me, helps a lot. Yeah, we I we covered a a group uh known as colloquially the Moonies led by Sun Young Moon oh, yeah. and and we got a lot of uh after we did that we got a lot of emails where people were like I just want to thank you for like telling the truth about the leader and like saying these things and, and and it just was like really good to hear somebody talk about the man the way he really was and then I went back and listened to the episodes and it's just like an hour of me being like you're a fucking smelly bitch old man <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We roasted that yeah, guy for yeah. like four Damn. episodes straight. It was no. it was essentially the roast of Sun Myung Moon for three <laughs> yeah. episodes. Jesus. Have you have you like in doing research, like making fun of leaders, whatever, like have has there ever been a time, Armando or Paige, where you've like researched this cult and you're like, uh-oh. I'm kind of into this. I'm kind of like, do you ever find <laughs> that you might be slipping in? They might be winning you over a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, really? I think Paige, Paige and I have said, we've, we Aww. get this question a lot, and I think we have yeah. probably multiple times agreed that there is one cult that we would absolutely join in a heartbeat. Uh, Paige, <laughs> and it only costs like 15 bucks to do it. Unarius, oh fool. Unarius forever. Yes. Yeah. What are they That's about? The what do they do? Oh, What's they know like, everything is real. Like they, okay, their whole ethos is that Every story we have, science fiction, movies, books, everything oh. is real. They are past memories. They have actually existed. And we are role-playing multiple lives throughout the universe. And that's it. There's no, you don't have to have sex with the leader. There's no commune. You can spray paint your car with a cool galaxy font and release doves once a year. And that's it. Like you're in <laughs> yeah. and you get to believe that Star Wars is real and you were there. Like Wait. that's why it's so fun. <laughs> well, For the movie like a, a long time ticket. ago in a For galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Sound like yeah. Well, maybe but, it's like a multiversal thing, you know, like Lord of the Rings yeah, is happening exactly. right now. Frodo's on his way, baby. Well, Lord right of the Rings here. happened in our past, and we helped carry the ring because we are always the ones trying to save our planet. Yeah. We're always the, the protagonist. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I'm sold. Yep. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It sounds great until you realize that also means the prequels really existed. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh. In, we in pod chat, race. In chat, Matthew Hughes calls it, yes, and the cult. <laughs> it is yes and the cult that's why armando and i are so into it we're like we've done improv this is fine yeah it's still somehow better than second city so 
it costs uh, less. The, the, it costs less than UCB. So make your choices. The thing that's that's interesting to me about cool, your uh, your show is how specific some of the cults are. Like the Final Fantasy one. Oh my so, yeah. the Final Fa- There's a cult about Final Fantasy seven. Yeah, only seven like, though. Yeah, just seven. <laughs> so well, seven's the magic number. I mean, it's that a good, was, it's, it's a good one. It's of, it's of the Final Fantasy. Yeah, at least it shows a good one. Yeah, that was that <laughs> was one of those like eight. <laughs> it was good. It was fine. What the hell's wrong with you? I I would or make a cult about it. Okay, just Gus. Fish the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those episodes where I I was covering it. It was the Final Fantasy Seven House, which is uh, a story that if you haven't heard it, you definitely should. It's one of those things that you could easily also hear it on Red Web. I'm sure. I don't know if you guys have covered it, but it is a fucking crazy story. Which one was um, it? The Final Fantasy VII House. It was uh, a group of uh, of people who really loved Final Fantasy VII. And one person started a house uh, where they started teaching something similar in that, uh, you know, Final Fantasy VII tells the story of, like, what really happened in our world. And those souls are, like, other parts of your human being. So just because they exist in a video game doesn't mean they're not real. And that is actually part of you. So each member in this household was, like, soul bonded with another character from final fantasy 7 and then it turned into uh give one person all your money and also have a bunch of uh consensual sex and well, some other weird terrible it stuff became yeah. pay to goes. win you know yes exactly <laughs> always the death always of every comes. video game uh, but that was when we were researching that episode i had never played final any final fantasy at that time Ooh. and i uh had to he had to watch several YouTube videos on the entire storyline because they were so relevant to the actual cult. Um, what and that that might not be the weirdest one, but it does lead me into one of my favorite questions uh, that we have here, which is, what is the riskiest Google search that you have made for the sake of research? Uh, and I would love to start with uh, with Blair from. <laughs> What what is the riskiest Google search you've made for the sake of research uh, for Illuminati? Let's see, I can think of probably two off the top of my head because neither are really good. Um, recently, I did uh, an episode about Victoria's Secret and finding out that Victoria's Secret, the company, has a chain link with Epstein, and then I had to go look yep. up Epstein stuff. That was what? a little rough. Um, I don't like knowing what. <laughs> What happened? The Epstein thing is really, really uncomfortable. So that was probably one of them. Um, which, yeah, if you didn't know, Victoria's Secret CEO was apparently like heavily like besties with Epstein, and he used the models as like uh, a prize or something. It was kind of gross. Um, oh my god! Then, yeah. Wow. yeah, and then the other one was yeah, Nexium. it's messed up. Yeah, and uh, Nexium, yeah. which big cult um, oh. as well, cult slash MLM. So they were right up my alley in terms of things to research. Um, but Keith Rainier and like how he would. Um, he would brand the women in his cult and stuff like that. And having to, at one point, go through the document with the 86 women and their testimonies and then having to essentially read and comprehend uh, what it uh, what happens when your skin gets branded. Um, yeah. Yeah, those were not yeah. great searches. And didn't those... they do the branding with like a soldering iron? Like it wasn't even just yes. like a like an all at once branding. It was like they yeah. drew yeah. it. It was yeah. Nice. They drew it and they drew it usually um, 
kind of on like the pubic mound or on the butt cheek or something like that. So it was absolutely painful and a long process and they were held down and it was absolutely brutal. So people pass out um, going to shock. It's not something I ever wanted to look up. No, it's terrible. It does make me feel better about my tramp stamp, but just barely. Um, When we were when we were researching for Nexium, uh, one we we try to like go down these different routes and find things. So uh, to balance out all that research that we had to do, because we, boy oh boy, did we just get like a whole information dump of of the terrible shit. But we also uh, on Keith Rainier's official website, he claimed that he was one of the youngest judo champions in like <laughs> New Jersey history. And so I spent, I think three hours like researching combing through records and like calling people on the phone yeah Yeah, i had to call this company and was like hey do you have records for this like judo champion this person and the person on the phone was like oh is this like your son and i'm like no i don't have kids you know just like a big judo fan and (laughs) so uncomfortable so maybe not the riskiest google search i've ever made but definitely the riskiest phone call where i'm just like hey can you tell me about these kids that fight a lot <laughs> um uh page we have made a whole lot of risky google searches and just risky things in general J- myself personally for cult podcast uh i think we talked about it last year i joined the klu klux klan uh yeah. I, I and you know what this is the worst thing i may have ever done i paid 30 dollars for my entrance fee <laughs> yeah. to get an official membership card so we, our, this we, man is yeah. <laughs> We did, I, send, I, them dicks, we did, did send, send them pictures of dicks. I did send them pictures of dicks. I did send them pictures of dicks, and 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 we did. They got very upset about it. They uh, still are not. They're still pretty mad about it. But uh, yeah, you can you can use that as a quote for this panel. Armando Torres paid thirty dollars to white supremacy. So no, I'm very Armando sorry. Torres paid in order to send dicks to the KKK. <laughs> yeah. That's a much yeah. better way. The yeah. optics on that are much better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Paige, what 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 would you say are one of uh, or or some of the riskiest Google searches that you have you have made in the sake Undertaken. of making? Absolutely, the riskiest one is when I was doing our episodes on Waco, and I oh god, like typed into Google. How do you turn a semi-automatic gun into a fully automatic gun? And then I was like, no, no, Paige, don't search that. And thankfully, one of our listeners is a super gun nerd and sent me a ton of information. But I was like, hey, you should maybe watch out because you are also on a list. But that's (laughs) definitely... The riskiest one of is like researching how to alter firearms and what that would mean. Cause I grew up in the Bay Area where like hey. we didn't do guns. Yeah, we're we're chill like that. We do, you know, sourdough bread and <laughs> foggy weather. So on your burrito. So I don't know anything about guns. So I always have to research it and I'm pretty sure I'm on a list now. Well, depending yeah. on the area of the Bay Area, I have been to some places where I have seen some fully automatic sourdoughs. So, <laughs> yeah, I wish, that man, that shit Oakland. takes like two days. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fredo's right. <laughs> I uh, sort of similar to that is anytime we cover, you know, cult leaders have a penchant for 
fucked up sexual deviancy. Like it is, it goes hand in hand a lot of times. And uh, sometimes for the, from the perspective of like a legal standpoint, I've had to make the Google search, uh, what is the age of consent in whatever oh, state? Yeah. And every yep. time I do, I feel bad. And it's like the third time you do it, Google's like, Hey, I'm going to just FYI, I'm calling the cops just so yeah. you know. <laughs> I just want to put this I'm out pretty there sure we've, we've done yeah, every like, state at this point. Yeah. yeah, we've done, we've done, I think we've done every state though. I feel like the worst I feel like Google should call the cops if you Google search what is the age of consent in a state and then you immediately go to like a flight booker yeah. or whatever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's when it gets a little fucking terrible. But uh yeah, we've made some some things where like if you look through my search history it's just like judo championships age of consent like what the fuck? What is that? <laughs> <doing? laughs> recipes. He wants to sleep with a judo kid. Yeah. Oh no. No no no. No, 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 no. At least they pick your ass. <laughs> yeah, that one I want stricken from the record. The cl- the KKK stuff is fine, but <laughs> let's just take that uh, one. <laughs> Fredo and Trevor, what is uh? Well, actually, I guess uh, w- what would be the the riskiest thing that 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 Trevor's ever had to Google search? Because Fredo, you you come in blind most of the time, right? Yeah, I do. Thankfully, I mean, yeah. we we've uh, I've I've roped Fredo into a couple of uh, engaging mysteries that try to. Basically, there was one that was very cult-esque, cult-tangent, potentially, where mm-hmm. I think it was the May Day mystery every, every May 1st. Uh, this puzzle comes out at Arizona State University, whatever. And halfway through that episode, I go to Fredo and I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, seems like everybody that talks about this in any meaningful level gets roped into this mystery. So it wasn't necessarily like on a list, but I, I immediately threw this man into the possibility of being engaged directly with this. Uh, this mystery yeah there was a there was a deafening silence and that moment was real uh just simply because i'm the person that's just nope not even not even gonna question it again i'm gonna look at it i'm out like peace um and in that moment i was already in too deep and i didn't even know it so that that was the moment i felt genuinely the the worst about ushering you into the the unknown i was like I, uh, I feel like I should t- I should have told you this before. Like I gave him a, I gave him an out. I said, you know what? If you don't want this episode to go out, it doesn't have to go out. He's like, no, no, no. But look <laughs> what you did you, to me. There was another one where I, I don't know if we talked about it last RTX when we had a, the this panel together, but there was another time where uh, I was getting texts back from this number. There was like the Dr- Happy Valley Dream Survey. So that was another time that's again not necessarily like a fed list, but like where the mystery starts to engage with you directly. Um, it's it's a very razor thin line where it's like it goes from interesting, you're getting some unique information, some unique perspective, to crossing the line to like, am I now involved in this in some way? Is this gonna like is this gonna haunt me? Oh, um, I, I love that moment when you go full Gonzo and you're just part of the story now, <laughs> right? Ugh. Uh, but as far as like more federal oriented lists, um, in our true crime episodes, there's a lot of things that you end up Googling and we try to put the disclaimer in the episode in case anybody goes out and Googles, cause there's some, there's photography out there of many crime scenes and, yeah. uh, some in particular, again, with fair warning, not to look these up unless you, you know, whatever, uh, like the black Dahlia murder, um, the spontaneous human combustion cases we've talked, we've talked about. And then there's even times where and this is a, not relevant to that, but like I've needed to look into hotel layouts 
and I've called a hotel to, to ask, inquire about their layouts because of the location of this mysterious room that may or may not exist. And like, and this, this hotel goes all the way back to like the, the early 1900. And so I'm like, am I, am I, am I digging too deep into the blueprints of this building? Am I like some sort of Ocean's Eleven situation uh, on this, like this old crime scene? Trying um, to figure out if Ghostbusters is real. Try, you know what? I'm, I'm really trying to figure it out. I'm trying to chase down Bill Murray. Um, but yeah, just in general, like um, sketchy photos uh, and like general chemistry and like of things that you can consume or make or have poisons and chemistry and like that either led to human combustion or like murders or whatever. Just a lot of looking that up definitely isn't isn't it's it's like looking up how to cook napalm, right? Yeah. Just like how, what it what is the exact balance to make this poison and get get away undetected, right? It's uh not it's not a comfy Google. <laughs> no, no, it's terrible. And I've never Google searched human combustion, but I have Google searched human combustion. Hey oh, back oh! to the comedy. <laughs> um, <have> here. <laughs> at least I do. Uh yeah, that's God, I Every time you have to Google poisons and shit, it gets so weird, right? Where you're, t- I feel like there should be an option for Google where you're like, "Hey, I I run a podcast, okay? It's yeah, not yeah, right. This is, this is research, it's, yeah. yeah. Work. It's like Google, uh, uh, Google Chrome incognito, and then Google Chrome. Hey, man, I just need to make content. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Gus and <laughs> Gus and Chris, uh, what what would be the the riskiest Google search that you guys have made in a podcast yeah. about uh, plane crashes <laughs> in a country yeah. where there are like several government <laughs> agencies. Nothing weird about that. Yeah, with a, with a history of hating plane crashes and, and stuff like that. I think the here, it was actually here recently. Normally when we're doing research, and I see people in chat bringing this up, they say, why not do it in incognito or use a VPN? And normally I do that. Normally I'll open up an incognito tab or I'll keep like a separate browser or VPN in. That way it's like disassociated from me. But uh, recently I was uh, working on the script for Air India 182, which was a a plane that was brought down by um, uh, a bomb. And I I, I wasn't really understanding. It was kind of a complicated setup. There were two bombs that went off in different parts of the world. And I was trying to figure out how they made these bombs and how they worked and how mercury switches work and the timers. So I was doing extensive research about bomb making. And then I realized I hadn't opened up an incognito tab or uh, I hadn't VPNed in. Like it was full on just oh, my no. normal browser history. I was like, oh no, <laughs> that's all in there now. My, my uh, move after that is to always Google, listen, I'm just making a podcast. Or yeah. hey, I'm hey, sorry. I know you're just <laughs> Google to the powers that be and hope that they see it. Just like a your apology letter in the URL line, you know? Yeah. Just type into I- Google, JK. <laughs> I always Wasn't that stuff I googled so funny and fake like oh <laughs> after you google how to funny. after you google how to make a bomb just do a second search for like I meant bomb ass burrito come on yeah obviously <laughs> I hit enter too early yeah, yeah. I hit uh, enter but... and then looked at that website too early yeah I I did 10 clicks down uh, on accident um I, I wanted to to talk about something other that uh, Trevor brought up there which is like risky click photos and things like that uh, you know, in addition to putting out the podcast, we also run a social media account where we post photos of the crashes or diagrams and things that have led to uh, the incidents that we talk about. And uh, normally I source the photos and I'll post them. 
And one time I just didn't look at a photo close enough. And there were like body parts and dead bodies in it, like scattered amongst the wreckage. And I just didn't see it until after I posted. I started getting comments that were like, hey, you might want to check that third photo. That's kind of gruesome. I was like, what? And I looked again. It's like, oh, no. That's like, there's human remains all in that photo. Like, I didn't mean to do this. I like I had to go out, delete the post and be like, sorry, guys, I I missed that. I don't know what happened. Totally didn't mean to do that. Like, then I had to put out, like, repost everything, but without that one photo. Uh, this man's yeah, so like, desensitized. He's just willfully putting these yeah. photos out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. The worst part I, was he made a merch shirt about it. And it was just <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, Gus does most of the... Um, most of the research for episodes, I'll I'll try and do one occasionally. And I did one about just hijacking planes, which then just became a history of hijacking and how they would hijack and their different techniques and yeah. like, and and like, just just like going down that thing of like, oh yeah, I know exactly what they used to not what they did and what they did not do to get away with hijacking. It's like. Um, uh, thankfully, a lot of those uh, strategies no longer apply because it was like, yeah. more of a history. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they we, would work now. Because we put Matt Damon on every single plane. Exactly. Or Mark Wahlberg. I forget which one. They're interchangeable Who's to Mark me. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. They did. They did do some like research on like strategies to get rid of hijackers, and one of them was like, uh, we, what if there was like this is all theoretical, but there was like a a, a seat that would each like they would get the hijacker to sit sit on and they would eject him out. <laughs> All right. What if it was the pilot's seat? So as soon as he sat down in the main seat, you're like, we got him and it sends yeah. him out. But the pilot accidentally hits it. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> what, what if we did a situation where every seat in the plane is an ejector seat and you as a, a, a person on this plane could vote on who you were ejecting. <laughs> now, that's a movie. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, then then we can eject hijackers, or, but we can also get like a baby out, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if Listen. you collect enough demerits, are you on a, a phone call with the speakerphone? Are you walking around in bare feet on the plane? I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, you get enough oh, demerits yeah. out of here. Oh, Shoving the bare feet in, in between the in crevice, between, between the yeah. seat oh, and the yeah. wall. Oh, like, oh, this armrest is a perfect footrest. Yeah, stealing all the blankets because you think we might go down. <laughs> right. Ridiculous stuff like that. Just play oh, it like a circle and rank passengers. <laughs> like, oh my god, exactly. You didn't get above a 12. Gotta eject you. Yeah. If you, also, if you, bought, if you bought like the low rate economy uh, ticket, you automatically get plus or like negative five points. Yeah. <laughs> you better no, be I the think most it's... charming fool who keeps to themselves, <laughs> doesn't turn on the lights, yeah. and just sleeps. Yep. Yeah. I think it's the opposite. I think if you get business class, you get negative. No, you get I'm five like, to it's you. The, it, it's the airline trying to incentivize you to pay more. Like they're gaining oh, as well yeah. to try to make more money out of it. No, this is give them ideas. They'll probably try. <laughs> <laughs> no, only United is bold enough to do only that. United. <laughs> yeah. The only the only airline that won't is Spirit because they can't take the extra charges. <laughs> retrofitting their shit. Uh, also, Chris, I don't know if this makes you feel any better, but you could have just told the FBI agent that hijacking is the mile high club for masturbation. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. We, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, this was uh, something that we we had kind of briefly touched upon when we were uh, talking with Trevor, but uh, sometimes there hits a point where you sort of uh, become part of the story. Not, not you know hopefully oh my god i hope really not a lot of a big part of the story because that would be terrible 
Uh, but there are certain things like when we covered Nexium, uh, a lot of the information that leaked was because of a man, I believe whose name is Frank, right, Paige? Uh, if I remember correctly, yes. Yeah, I believe his name was Frank, and he was sort of like an inside man that was leaking a bunch of information. And one of the sources that he chose to leak this information to was a little old podcast called Cult Podcast. It just like random shit like that where you just kind of become part of the story we've talked with like prosecutors from like the chicago rippers and john wayne gacy's case and pitch them like theories and you know we there, there becomes certain parts where you become part of the story um and so i guess this question is has there ever been a case where you have become part of the case and also how has covering a case sort of changed your worldview? Like how has doing this podcast changed the scope of your actual world? Uh, I, I'd, I'd love to hear from Illuminati first of, of just either how you've become part of a case or how doing this show as a whole has just sort of changed your outlook on the world. Well, um, I definitely think I have the boring answer. So darn, I'm, <laughs> I'm going first. Let me get that out of the way. Um, I, oh, no. I, I think because I, I retroactively look at a lot of stuff um, way past the point of when anything was happening. Um, I don't think I'm actually really part of anything because I'm far more concerned with seeing the full complete story. Um, so I tend to wait on topics when they're current events and then I'll cover them a couple months later. And that's just kind of what I prefer to do so I can look at the aftermath of something. Um, but looking at it just as a whole, at all the research that has to be done, um, I've honestly become a lot more cynical with the world. That's probably not the best answer in the world, but um, <laughs> finding out just how dark, upsetting, scary, and uncomfortable the world is has definitely made me more aware of what's going on. But it's definitely um, it's definitely become a lot harder to really see kind of the sunny side of things when you know so much dark is lurking around the corner. So I don't have a fun answer. Sorry. <laughs> No, I feel like that is almost a perfect answer. Doing a show about cults uh, every single week kind of wrecked me emotionally and, and mentally. Where like, uh, I used to go to therapy like eh, maybe like once a month or, or something like that. And then a couple of years into doing the show was like, I need a therapist all the time. And yeah. There are certain sessions where I'm like, look, man, he fucking, this cult leader's an insane person. And it drove me wild. I listened to six hours of them talking. And my therapist is like, well, maybe you don't listen to six hours. And it's like, well, then how am I going to get that crazy joke, dude? <laughs> So, yeah, I, I definitely get that that idea of uh, <laughs> making you a little bit more cynical and, and just sort of kind of, I don't want to say wrecking your worldview, but it it it, it sucks to kind of realize how much just like evil and, and um, almost like anti-humanitarianness there is in the world of people who are just willing to take advantage of you or uh, of anyone. Um, and uh, especially in cults, Paige... I know that we we've talked a bit about how we've become sort of involved in the real life cases. Uh, but is there any stories that stand out to you or any ways that doing cult podcasts has sort of changed your worldview? Um, I, I mean, it was pretty wild when we got that call from Frank and we were like, we are a small podcast. We are not the news. <laughs> Thank you for telling us this, but we have limits to what we can do with it. Um, I think one of the ones where I think I got the closest was with Weird Hollywood Youth. Oh, my and God. Because, because they had an Etsy store at the time. And, like, I mean, if you got an Etsy store, I'm going to buy something from it. Why not? Or uh, Armando and I have been to a, a cult-run restaurant multiple times. Yes. And 
I, I did uh, manage to get a mug from there last time. So I feel like those instances, we kind of have like brushes with it, but from a safe distance, I think it's a lot harder when we're doing research and you're really into it and you're trying to understand kind of the mentality of both the people inside and the people leading like we're currently in the middle of a series on Patty Hearst and what has been fascinating but also infuriating for me is listening to like testimony from her trial and how people just completely invalidated the fact that she was kidnapped and a lot of the abuse that she underwent and they're just like nah she's rich we're not going to listen to it and hearing some of those things like with 2020 vision for the past, you're just like, this is so brutal. We read about people who have undergone less and done equally as outlandish things, and we view them as victims. And it's really, really hard when people don't take victims seriously. I think that's one of the hardest parts for me. Yeah, oh, man. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I really don't, I don't have a follow up. It's, that is, so true. It's just listening to these things where like there's so many stories where you listen to people who tried to get out or tried to get help and people just treated them like they were just another like whack job or something. And it's like, no, they, you know, people need help. And and the people that try should be helping sometimes are very not useful. Um, <laughs> on that very somber, very real note, uh, Red Web, you guys want to <laughs> you guys want to tell me how. Uh, doing this show has sort of changed your worldview or uh, how you guys got involved with the case, which is, you know, something that you had covered uh, a little bit earlier in this show. Well, Fredo, I, I'd love to hear how you feel uh, kind of going into some of the, the mysteries blind and reacting to those. How? Uh, yeah, and um, if you could make it like super passionate like Paige did, like yeah. just like super... Yeah. If uh, I could reference this good. in my thesis. Very, yeah. very quickly, I just became more afraid of the internet and the world around me just hearing about in, in detail because i mean you, you, you know you, i'm not blind to the fact that the world could be a pretty scary place but like sitting down every week and then hearing about how there's this you know deep internet mystery with uh you know handful of just like terrible people or a, a past crime that happened and we still don't know like who did it and the person you know most likely got away with it and, and so it kind of like <laughs> i mean it kind of helped that we were quarantined during the time because i was just like i just don't want to I'll, I'll play video games and i won't <laughs> go outside and i don't need to go outside i'm not supposed to go outside so i won't go outside <laughs> um so it very much turned me into uh, a hermit when i i wasn't um just hearing all the scary things that happen both through the screen and outside so it, it definitely like skewed my worldview to a, a, a darker tone um way more than it was ever before yeah i think it's weird because like there's tons of times where you can look back and and you know as as gus mentioned earlier we're enthusiasts and we're not necessarily journalists um but we try our best to uncover as much of the factual information as possible and deliver it in an unbiased way and it's interesting looking back with hindsight and going this was so mismanaged as, as Paige was kind of indicating. There's a lot of times where like you got so close, but then you just fumbled it at the one yard line. And so you can, you can get very cynical about, um, you know, investigations, about forensics, about uh, authority in general. 
Um, you can you can get very fearful about the internet or even like planes. Yeah, but I think the other thing that kind of helps keep things positive is that I I recognize how niche we are. Like when I look at all these things, if if I'm only looking at what we're talking about, it suddenly feels like everything. <clears throat> but then I have to recognize that this is such a, a slice, a tiny slice of life. There's so much more positive outside of it, and so that to have the negative actually nestled in such a tight niche actually kind of helps sometimes to go, okay, we are only looking at a lot of negative things right now that are depressing, but at least they're, they're kind of tucked away in a, in a more niche area. And that kind of helps me get a little bit better perspective and say, no, there's a lot of positive out there still. So I don't stay in the muck, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely changed how I kind of like broadly consider things or, or look, look at, uh, just, just anything I think really. Yeah. Trevor Collins, just a, an unstoppable ball of happiness and sunshine. There. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta practice yeah, the self, really like do. putting the happiness back on yourself, man. Uh, oh, absolutely. At the, it, it becomes a chore. Like you're, like you're mentioning, especially when part of your job is just like diving into the muck, but yeah. I know we're, we're running out of time soon. So I, I want to let black box down, take it away. Oh yeah, uh, please. We had black a pot. A positive story, I would say, uh, where we did an incident and then uh, someone who was on that incident uh, reached out to us and then we ended up interviewing them and they and it was like, but thankfully they weren't injured and they ended up, so they just told us their account of it. They thought it, it was just like a, a crash that felt like it was a, a hard bump. Yeah. yeah. And then they ended up uh, getting like a free trip out of it where they think they eventually met their like girlfriend or something. And so it was like a, Oh, it was like a, it was like, Oh, well that, so he was like, talk, tell the story is almost like, yeah, that, that, that crash ended up working out very well for you. Like yeah. specifically a good story. Yeah. So, you know, if you ever feel like you have too bumpy of a landing, just complain until you get a free flight. <laughs> and then your, your, the love of your life might be right around the corner. Yeah, that's that's really what we've been trying to tell you this entire panel is that yeah. love is just one crime away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for joining me uh, from Black Box Down. We have Gustavo Sorolla and Chris Maris from Red Web. We have Trevor Collins and Alfredo Diaz uh, from Colt Podcast. Uh, we have Paige Wesley and myself from Otto Torres. And then uh, Luminati is here with us as well, a.k.a. Blair Zahn. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. And I hope you guys have a very happy and hopefully crime-free RTX at home. Yeah. <laughs> Bye.